Welcome to episode 416 of the Drunken Church Podcast. I'm host as always, I'm Tyler. And join me with the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Dude, I'm feeling fucking excellent. And I'll tell you why. Because I finished a game that's been 15 years in the making. <laughs> but, other than that, man, my work has been doing pretty fine. Did a whole bunch of stuff today. I decided to try out a freaking Dairy Queen, like, mint chocolate shake. It's one of those type of things where it's like, in the span of a year, I've had minimal types of, like, dairy stuff. I'm starting to eat progressively a little bit more than what I would like to. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? We gotta burn myself out. I gotta burn myself out somehow. And so, what I do, I had this large freaking shake from Dairy Queen. Drank it. About halfway through it, I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, oh my god. I don't know if I can actually finish this shit. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's worse than it get when you get, when you just like your eyes bigger than, or your stomach, was it your eyes are bigger than your stomach kind of situation there? Yeah. And that's weird for me because I used to drink a whole lot of sweet stuff. But then when you try to get back to eating or drinking some sweet stuff, like say you want to have like a little sugar cookie or you want to have this or that and stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it tastes good initially. But all of a sudden it's like you're thinking to yourself, like, you know, I could have eaten this instead. I couldn't be eating that instead. But uh, once I finish that thing, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, that that's it for me for the year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. oh man, yeah, like I said, man, I'm doing fucking excellent. How are you doing, Tyler? Doing okay. I understand that, though, man. I get that. We're like, more now than the last while or so, where like, I was really bad about snacks. And like, mm-hmm. I mean, I got the gut here to, to prove it. Uh, I still am. I don't have the best diet in the world. Um, I think I ate an apple the other day and my stomach like rejected it or something there for a couple of days. <laughs> um, but, um, like I used to like a few years ago, like I was like, I would fucking buy like three, four boxes of like snack cakes every week and I'd eat them. I ate like a whole box in like one sitting. Yeah. Get the cosmic brownies, eat them all one sitting. Boom. Done. You know, no problem. What you should do, man, is like get some of those choppers. Get yourself a bunch of lettuce, all this not lettuce, but like a bunch of spinach, like all sorts of various vegetables, chop spinach that all spinach. up. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden get maybe get some like Thousand Island or something, a little bit of that. Yeah, and then, no, that's a ranch. Or ranch or whatever the hell. Ranch is but just saying, man, it's like the more vegetables and the more darker the green in terms of the leaves and stuff like that, the better it is for you. That's one of the things I'm missing from my diet in particular. It's not so much the protein or the like the dairy or the vitamin d in that regards but it's more or less like the leafy greens and stuff the mm-hmm. vegetables that help the digestive system to clean out that crap <laughs> yeah yeah literally, literally. um <laughs> <laughs> no I, I mean i i'm I, I do eat like i'm pretty good about eating salad i love salads um my only problem is i'll buy stuff for salads but i don't eat it fast enough because it's like i'm just it's just me here so it's like it, it made sense when like you know, when I was living with my family or with my ex, like we would, you know, you'd have the main course, you have like a little side, maybe it was potato, like a potato or something, you have a little salad with it. And then it's like, and now it's just me. And it's just like, I'm just going to make some hamburger helper here. And I was like, I don't really, I guess I'll eat some butter bread. <laughs> I don't need like, I don't need some extra, I don't need sides with it. What the fuck? Or, you know, you, you know, it's like, oh, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's just, I, I don't, I don't really, I'm not good, the best at that. So it's like, the other day I made some. There. Kiabasa with some fried potatoes. Oh my god, dude! Chef's kiss. I've literally went on my lunch breaks and stuff. I I walk over to the Safeway because that's what I do. I do a lot of walking, and I usually buy one of those pre-made like uh, stuffed mushrooms. 
And you're supposed <sighs> to like to go through and fry them, right? But uh, you know what? I love the taste of like mushrooms and stuff. So mm. I, I usually buy one of the ones that are like stuffed with cheese or something like that, and I eat them out of the package. <laughs> oh, that sounds terrible. I, I don't I don't typically eat lunch. I eat like a lot of breakfast bars and shit because it's just like, where like you know I, I I deliver in like smaller towns and shit for my job. So I'm, I'm the only thing around is like there's McDonald's, there's a, a Casey's general store, um, which if you want overpriced mediocre hamburgers and pizza, that's what they got and. There's a Taco Bell KFC, which um, being in a truck where you see two bathrooms a day in a 10-hour day, um, KFC Taco Bell is a bad idea, uh, let me tell you. Um, so I usually just don't eat lunch. I eat like a few breakfast bars, and then I eat dinner. That's basically what I do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and it helps too because it saves money, and I'm not, uh, it's probably healthier for me not to eat gas station food uh, five, six days a week. Um, but yeah, I, I get that though, man. It's like, you get older. It's just like, uh, you know, I was like, I'm like, fuck yeah. Cause I always like, my problem is, is like at nighttime I get snacky. Like, it's like, I'm, it's like, it's not even like I'm hungry. Cause I'll eat like, especially as late as I work. Like I, I don't eat dinners at nine o'clock and I'm usually going to bed about 11. So it's like, I'm not even really hungry if I haven't, you know, but I'm like, I'm like, Oh, like I like to have a couple snacks, you know, you just kind of a bored thing and like a, a habit thing. You know, like, I'll, I'm like, Oh fuck yeah. I'm going to, I'll buy a, like a, a box of, you know, strawberry shortcake rolls, which was like my favorite snack growing up as a kid. I bought a box of these like three weeks ago. Oh God. Fuck yeah. I got, I brought two with me and put them, brought them with me into the bedroom there. I usually always like to eat them and then go to bed, uh, which is just great for helping you sleep better. Um, like nice little <laughs> shit ton of sugar before you go to bed. That's fucking smart. Tyler, um, explains my insomnia. Um, but, um, Oh, I ate like, I ate like half of one there. Uh, when I got these, and I was like, Oh, Oh, and I just—I feel like I just ate like a, like one of those like two ton like it was like the acne, to uh like uh, uh anvils in like the cartoons. Like, that's what I felt like was in my stomach. Hitting your stomach. Like, yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's just yeah, it's it's like Cadbury eggs is my is like my all time biggest weakness. Like man, I was so excited. Uh, I, I mean, I would buy. I, I spend so much money on these fucking uh, these Cadbury. It's like it's like five dollars for four pack. It's ridiculous <laughs> how much things cost. But I fucking pay whatever they want me to pay. Like if, if it, this was a drug that was on the streets, Gables, I would be just sucking dick for Cadbury eggs. Oh my God, Let me tell dude. you, it would just be the Cadbury egg wouldn't have that cream filling. It'd just be cum, and I'd be oh. eating. It. I'm like I don't care. It's so good. <laughs> this is the content you guys come to. You guys clicked on this, not me. G- Gables agrees to come on the show with me every week. Uh, oh, <laughs> eight yeah, years, almost eight years now. <laughs> he hit me up today wanting to record. That's that's <laughs> see that's on you. Uh, but uh, not that we weren't going to. But he hit me up. He's the one that brought it up. But anyways, uh, I got I got like um, uh, I got two of these four packs. I'm like fuck yeah. I, I would sit there and I'd eat two two those two four packs like three years ago. Tyler would ate that all like what eight fifteen sixteen bam one sitting no problem. And I would have hated myself. Don't get me wrong. And about really honestly, about number seven, I'd be like, "You're what the fuck is wrong with you, Tyler? You, I feel like garbage." But I would power through the next nine, <laughs> and I would still eat them. And I, I ate one, and I'm just like, "Oh, this is terrible." Like it's it still tastes really good, but like my teeth hurt, and I just it was just shame, and I it was like I felt sick. Like I had like like the Cadbury egg was just right here. 
in my throat, like just sitting there for like the next three days. I'm just like, I, I think I honestly still have two left sitting over there. I'm just like, I can't. I can't even do this. And I'll walk by him. Uh, I walked by him yesterday when it's grocery shopping. I was like, oh, I should probably buy another pack. I'm like, I, I even started to grab one. I'm like, Tyler, you still got fucking, I still got fucking one sitting there. I did buy a bunny though. I bought a caramel bunny uh, sitting over there. Uh, I haven't ate it yet. I can't bring myself to do it. I used to love those things too. Easter's a bad time for me. It's like, I don't know. Easter is like they, the best candies come out in Easter time. They get the little tiny Cadbury eggs. Oh my God. Oh, fuck. I would swim in a hot tub of those fucking things. Melted. And I would just be happy sitting there naked drinking it. I'd be like that fat kid in Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. i just get stuck in the tube because I'd be like sitting there trying to like lick it out of the, the little the little tunnel funnel thing and my tongue would stuck in there. That's what happened to me. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's. I don't know where the fuck we got on that, but that's where we are now. Uh, junk food tangent. <laughs> junk food tangent. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but no, I mean I'm doing okay. You know, it's a uh, Sunday. You know, I was I was telling you for the show. It's like uh, I was like, oh, you know, Sunday's my day off. I always look forward to it. I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna be so productive, and I'm, it's gonna be a good day. It's getting nice out. Fuck no, it's been raining all day. It's cold outside. I'm like, I mean, Sunday's my day to clean. I do shit. I fucking sat on the couch, watched YouTube all goddamn day. And do I regret it? Yep, I do. Regret it. Would I have done anything differently, though? Probably not. If you gave me, if you gave me the chance to redo this day over again, nope. Probably wouldn't have done anything different. <laughs> still, still sat on the couch watching YouTube all fucking day. Uh, but uh, you, know, you look forward to the day, and then like, fuck, it's my day off, and bam. No, fuck you, Tyler. You lost an hour. So that's where we are. You know, daily savings time. But uh, it was kind of interesting, you know, Gables. We, uh, we were talking before the show. Um, we realized that today is like the one-year – Really, not the one year of like COVID or um, people going and like working from home, stuff like that. But this is like the one year anniversary of like where I feel like as a country is like the day it like really hit home. Where like this is the day where um, a couple of players on the Utah Jazz tested positive and they just canceled the fucking season. Instantly, the tournament got canceled. Um, uh, PGA tournament got canceled. Like I think it was a Masters, one of the biggest, one of the biggest. Events of the year got got canceled. Yeah, um, baseball season I mean, got canceled re- too. Baseball got canceled. It got got postponed to like July, but ended up yeah. being. Um, then it was like even WrestleMania went from being in like a ninety thousand uh, fan stadium to they wrestled in a warehouse for nobody. Um, yeah. Like it, yeah, this is like I remember like it was crazy when you're talking about it. It's like I remember this like being a thing, but it was like it's like when you hear about like Mad Cow when you hear about all these other ones, it's like you don't really like think about. Oh, we'll be fine. You know, you like okay, it's, this is bad. This is you know, it's, but it's like it's not gonna affect us, kind of thing. It's like it, it's not gonna happen to us, kind of thing. And it's kind of fascinating. I remember like my uh, uh, my my now ex girlfriend at the time, but um, or my girlfriend at the time, but now my ex. Uh, we went to like the the mall over uh um in here around here. Opened up like a uh more like a kind of like a barcadium, like a barcade. You know, it's a it's a it's a bar. And they had like a little restaurant and an arcade. And we went to that, and like it was like only been open for a few weeks, and we're going to that, and like nobody's fucking there. And I remember like that was like people were talking about it and shit, but it wasn't like it didn't hit Iowa yet. And really, I mean, I know like it already hit Washington. That was first oh, Seattle was like first place to hit it. Sack of bricks. That's what it did. What? It hit. The, yeah, the whole freaking COVID stuff and everything else hit it like a like a ton of bricks. Yeah, yeah. I just, but I just remember like when we were going there, like there wasn't this, none of this news had broke yet. I remember we were, like getting ready. We went there and we're playing game. We're playing the arcade game, stuff like that, you know? And, 
you know, I'm like, okay, this is this is an ordeal. Like, okay, this is bigger than I thought it'd be. Like, you know, it's hitting the West Coast. But then it was like, I just remember like sitting there, like getting a beer, and I'm just like, and like they have the TV screens up, but like on ESPN, it's just like, yeah, as you're just seeing everything was canceled. I'm just like, I remember looking at my ex. I'm just like, I'm like, I think we should probably leave. Like, and we we just fucking left and we went home. Like, we were there for like an hour and a half. I'm like, this is so much bigger than uh uh i you know i think anybody honestly i mean anybody anticipated but i don't know it's just crazy it's one of those like uh i, I mentioned talking to you for the show but it's like it's one of those things where it's like uh it's one of those things where you like like kind of like a 9-11 thing where like i remember what i was doing when when 9-11 happened when i heard about 9-11 yeah like I was, I was playing soccer and at middle school and gym class in seventh grade and I remember, like, that's when I heard the news about fucking about 9-11. And it's, like, I remember where, like, I don't have a lot of events in my life. Like, I remember, like, where I was or what I was doing when, like, uh, my, my grandpa passed away. Or both my grandpas and my grandma passed away. I remember, like, those moments, like, what I was doing where I was. Like, those moments are, like, stuck in my brain. Like, I can picture them right now. And, like, that's one of those, like, one of those handful of, like, half dozen life events where, like, uh, you just know. Like, you can forever will remember you know, that where you were in that moment. Is that right there, bro? <laughs> I thought he just puked behind me, but he did not. He's, he's really? like a weird stretching. Yeah, he's fine. He just did a weird gurgling noise. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's big, two more, but uh, do you, do you, like, is that kind of the same thing for you when, when it hit Gables? When it hit initially, I was at work. I did not know about that headline until I actually checked my phone. I think it was either like, uh, during one of my breaks and stuff, or maybe it was like from a coworker that was telling me it's like, yeah, they canceled the NBA season and like uh, they postponed baseball and stuff. That's when I knew things were starting to become more escalated because it's like sports don't shut down their seasons unless something cataclysmic happens. Yeah, you know, or something big happens. And well, like I was saying before. The whole COVID-19, everything else, just hit the West Coast like a ton of bricks. One of our first initial cases was inside of Washington State, I believe it was, in terms of, uh, you know, coming from, like, say, from China initially. A person got infected inside Washington State and just started, like, almost like a chain reaction. It wasn't as, like, overnight in that regards. I mean, there were still, like, concerns late December, but it did not really filtrate everything in terms of the West Coast and the infections in regards there until around March of last year. But it's like Washington State hit everything on like all cylinders and stuff. Governor Jay Inslee at the time decided to go through with phase one, meaning everybody, like all the non-essential workers pretty much, you know, the non-essential workers, non-essential stores were pretty much closed in that retrospect. So the only thing that we could potentially do at that time, a lot of the workers at my workplace, a lot of the workers were sent home because they thought it was only going to be like maybe a two week thing or maybe like a week thing yeah. at most. And that's what I was talking about. Yeah. Going for two weeks. or It month. evolved into not only them being off for longer than that, but all, the, all of us at my workplace and at multiple different like local businesses being furloughed for like three months some lost their jobs, some decided to move statewide and stuff because they wanted to get something in regards to having a job once the whole thing started to settle down a bit and this and that. But uh, 
yeah, it was definitely an uncertain time at that point. I remember it quite vividly because it was not even a week after I had purchased both Animal Crossing New Horizons and Doom Eternal, both of which would be heavily cemented games that I would be playing throughout that whole last year while inside of quarantine, while inside of, like, doing whatever I could to get, in, like, essential items, doing this and that. I mean, it was just basically my mom and I just going out, just doing shopping and stuff, seeing the stores bare in terms of toilet paper, in terms of paper towels, which they, the stores did absolutely a terrible job in limiting things because you had idiots going through and buying yeah. both essential items. I just think that no one, I mean, I, I just, no one, it just, when it hit, it hit. And it was just like, everybody went, I mean, I was like, that was like, this, coming up this week would be the one year of like, yeah, like, paper towels, toilet paper, Kleenexes, um, the hand wipe sanitizer shit, like, like that was, like, nobody just saw it coming. I don't, I don't think. And it was like, they've been really, I mean, yeah, like, the, uh, like, our, we, like, Sometimes the stock will get low at like when I'll like for like toilet paper and shit like that I'll yeah. see, but like every store I go to, like you can only get one per per you know per person per you know per cart group whatever. That was so, the thing where I was at up until maybe a month after. No, yeah, no, it was it was probably about <laughs> it was probably like two weeks later when they put that in place, but like um, they I mean that's just that's just been the standard ever since since like you can yeah. pretty much get. But I'm even today we're like I, I'm not like I wasn't the guy going on hoarding fucking toilet paper or anything like that like. We were very lucky to like, but I remember like, I, you know, I live right next to three grocery stores and one of them I found out like every day around noon, uh, they would, they would get, they got a, a, some in and it was like the cheapest of the cheap. But I'm like, you don't care. Like just having a toilet paper. Like I was showing up, like, like I was trying to get like the new fucking, uh, Xbox series X or something to get, a, <laughs> to get this fucking toilet paper. But I was like, uh, I wasn't like hoarding it by any sense, but like, we always were okay on the toilet paper, but like, yeah, it, it's, it's fucking wild how crazy that got like um just and even today we're like for forever's changed me we're like i'll even like i'm like i'm getting kind of low i should probably just in case i'll buy like i don't need to buy some this week but like i could probably go another week and be okay but i'm like just in case you never know like it's still in the back of my head where i'm like i should probably buy an extra uh like another, buy a pack you know even even though i don't i don't need one right now but i know like next week i'm gonna need one but next week shit might go down again and so it's like I am forever like, uh, not forever stocked up, but like for whoever knows how long, I will have you know I'm always gonna have an extra at least a week's worth of toilet paper, possibly two weeks of toilet paper, um, in in my apartment just just because of that like it's just one of those things where it's like better safe than sorry thing because I you know rather have toilet like I, I couldn't imagine not having I mean we we were never at the point where we ran out I remember like one day we got down to like a half a roll and that's just like that's as, as low as we got. And I remember like getting very lucky. I went to the quick trip gas station right over here and they had a four pack of cotton now, which I hate cotton now, but they had it. And I'm like, Oh fuck. And it was like $9. I'm like, I will pay it. I don't care. <laughs> like, just take my money. We have toilet paper. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was just kind of crazy. I remember like, it's just, it's, it's just nuts. Um, it's yeah. nuts. Though, about but, that. but currently it's like a year later. We know a lot about what, COVID-19 goes through yeah. some bits of confusion in regards to some of the stuff, but there are vaccines that are more readily available, going to be available for a lot of Americans soon in the next yeah. coming months. On top of that, everything is starting to progressively get back to somewhat normal yeah. as normal can be. But at the same point, 
we're not freaking out or hiding in our houses for months on end and stuff or being quintessentially like furloughed and like just axed off as much as like what it was like around a year ago yeah because honestly here's the thing though i mean you take a chance every day when you walk out of your house you go to work you drive you buy food at a retailer or you buy whatever in that regards though the COVID 19 start was serious and yes it is still serious to an extent there i've seen firsthand a lot of people just go extremely overboard in regards to like there in terms of not only just handling the situation in of itself but just going through and screwing over a lot of other people as well i mean what i've learned most in regards to the year in this anniversary in regards to this COVID 19 stuff is like be kind to your fellow human beings yeah be kind to the neighbor that's right beside you don't go through and make things harder for everyone else just because you are so selfish enough to not go through and want to have like say not share something with someone else that may need it or you have to have this item or that item and stuff but yeah you're screwing this person over right here that needs like maybe a thing of food or something in order for them to actually make it through for the next meal but uh but yeah it's was definitely one of those times where i will remember like 9-11 like the initial time when i remember where i was when my mom first had her stroke and then all of a sudden it's like this moment right recently in terms of COVID 19 and the lasting ramifications of closing the entire country down quintessentially but yeah (laughs) yeah but if there's one certainty of all this we will keep moving forward. Life moves on, regardless yeah. of what happens. And of course, what do we like to do a lot in that regards? <laughs> to help us move forward? We play a lot Eat of Cadbury video eggs. Games. Oh yeah, video games. <laughs> video games. I thought you were gonna say Cadbury eggs, I'm sorry. <laughs> man, you got Cadbury in the brain, man. I always do, man. I'm pretty sure my brain is just is just is like my head is just a Cadbury egg and the inside is that is a delicious cream filling. Um at this point, my brain is just the cream filling, which I don't know what it is, but it's fantastic. Uh-huh. And I get the little yellow in there. It looks oh, it's so good. It's anyway, sorry. Out the ears. Oh, <laughs> caramel is so nice, so smooth and rich. Oh, puppy. Sorry. All right. Uh, but yes, like Gabe was saying, this is a video game podcast. I'm a, Cod- I'm a Cadbury A COVID podcast uh, where we talk about video games. And I do want to mention one thing real quick before we get to the meat potatoes of the show. Um, if you are not watching this live right now, you can watch us live. We're on twitch.tv slash drunkards uh, podcast, drunkards podcast. Um, uh, check us on there. Give us a big follow. Um, you know, you can watch us live. We record every Sunday night, uh, usually around 9 30, 10 o'clock. Um, what is it? 9:30? What, what time is it right there? It's like 9 well, 30, right? Your time? It's like 9 30 my time, yes. So it's about, usually about 9 o'clock Pacific time, Sunday nights. It's when we record. Sometimes record saturday sometimes record a little later sometimes a little earlier just kind of depends um but you can check us out there live i always put the stream up later on youtube right afterwards um and also uh gables and i a couple weeks ago did a three plus hour long uh stream of us doing the uh game of generation list we did our top 25 list um part two of i broke it up you can watch the whole thing live on youtube right now on uh, youtube.com slash drunk nerds um, but if you want to, if you're just an audio listener, I broke it up over um, into five individual, individual podcasts. 
Each one's coming out every Thursday morning. Um, so part two just came out uh, last week, and part three will be coming out this week. It's going to be coming out every Thursday, every Thursday for the month of March. So it works out. You're getting getting to get a full ten episodes from us this month if you're listening to the audio versions of us, which uh, most ninety nine point nine percent of people that listen to us listen. Um, they listen to the audio version. They don't watch the watch the video version, um, which is fine too. I don't care. Uh, but there's there's multiple ways to watch this if you want to. Um, but yeah, Gables, uh, moving on to the video game news. Uh, kind of an eventful week, but not like a very... Uh, a lot of big things happen, but not a lot of like huge news topics. It's, it's something we, you know, we've, it's, we've known about since like August, September. Bethesda has officially uh, joined Xbox. Uh, the, the merger, not merger, but the Xbox purchasing Xbox... Uh, or Xbox purchasing Xbox. Xbox purchasing <laughs> Bethesda has finally happened. Uh, everybody's agreed to it. Boom, it's done. Uh, they did a little roundtable had some discussions about the about the future of um, kind of how the, uh, the exclusivity is going to work, and they didn't they didn't really confirm anything, but they didn't really they left the door open on a lot of things, but they kind of gave us some more some details, not giving out a lot of details. Basically, what it sounds like from Phil Spencer is they have they're contractually obligated for some stuff. So like we already know about um, Death Loop and Ghost, Ghostwire Tokyo are PlayStation exclusives for I think it's PlayStation and PC exclusives. I think it's a year for both of those. Uh, we don't know. Some people, we don't have a confirmation of it's six months or a year. Um, so we have that going on. Uh, there's, there was the um, the news that came out right around the time this about uh, Xbox buying Bethesda back last year where um, PlayStation was in talks to having the same exclusive window for Starfield. And no, but there's no word on um, this was never officially revealed by either side, but this is just news that came out. Uh, there's no word on if they actually reach an agreement and sign a contract. Um, so there might still be something there. Basically, what Phil said that there is future contracts. So God knows if that means that maybe PlayStation has some stuff in, in mind with them. Or maybe Bethesda was in works to port some more stuff to the Switch. Uh, which they, you know, Doom Eternal came to the Switch earlier this, uh, I think it was earlier this year, late 2020. Um, uh, but talk about that. Um, but then they said that basically anything that's like legacy titles or... Um, that's like, so stuff like Elder Scrolls, Fallout 76 or Elder Scrolls Online, Fallout 76, stuff like that will continue to still get support much like they do with Minecraft. Like they didn't take it away from anybody. They're still, they still update. So it's still put on new platforms. Still, they still get exclusive stuff. Um, they go or goes everywhere. Um, and I imagine, you know, there's no, there'd be no reason for them to only put those updates on, you know, Xbox consoles. Uh, so I, I, I it sounds like to me that like, if it's got like an online uh, thing going on uh, or it's got like a long-term, you know, things like like a service game type of thing that those will probably be cross cross console switch um, and uh, uh, PlayStation. But for the most part, he basically says that their, their main priority is Bethesda games going on where place where places Xbox game pass is. So basically PC and um, Xbox consoles. Um, so yeah, so that, that's what came out of it. Um, and then they also uh, announced that they confirmed that there will be a summer event uh, for Xbox. They're, they're, they're in the planning. Uh, uh, they're planning for what that's going to be right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bethesda is going to be a big part in that. And they also announced that there are 20 Bethesda games coming to Xbox Game Pass. They are, they're out now, I, th- I believe, as of Thursday. Thursday. Right. They're out now. Uh, I have the list right here. So we have... Uh, both Dishonored games. So there's two. We have Doom, Doom Two, Doom Three, Doom Sixty Four, Doom Eternal, um, uh, and the, the original Doom is already on there. Um, Elder Scrolls Three: Morrowind, which that was the Xbox launch yep, game, wasn't it? Original. Yep. Yep. 
All right, so up, uh, there's one fun fact about the original Xbox release of the Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, and in terms of there was some sort of trick that they did back then in order to mask loading scenes or something like that. And I think, it had to, I think it had to do something about like uh, transversing or something like that. The uh, hmm. the uh, open field or something in that regards. I don't remember it clearly, but there was something that uh, Bethesda did back then that helped cover the loading screens. Oh, that's that cool. It's kind of unique. Well, no, that wasn't loading screens. It was restarting the Xbox. The, oh. re- the reboot sequence because they had to work in the inner workings of that console in order to make it seem like uh, I don't have 100% okay. clear but I knew it had something to do with the console reset anyway go ahead. okay not to look into that um, but Oblivion's being added um, the Skyrim special edition uh, is being added um, Elder Scrolls Online is on there I don't know if that's like everything that's coming to it because they, they still do like yearly updates you gotta pay for I don't know if you still have to pay monthly on top of that for it. You still got to pay the monthly subscription fee. Um, Evil Within 1 is on uh, is out there, but Evil Within 2, oddly enough, is not on there. I don't know if it's already on Game Pass or not. Cause, Did like, Bethesda make of Evil Within 2? Yeah, that's that's um, um, Tingo Tingo Gameworks. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, which is owned, it's the Tokyo-based studio that's owned by uh, Bethesda. But oh. yeah, they made they made 1 and 2, and they're the ones doing Ghostwire Tokyo. But two isn't on there, but I, I think I don't know for sure if it's already available on there. But excuse me, I got the burps. Um, fucking white claws. Uh, anyways, Fallout Four, uh, Fallout seventy six, Fallout New Vegas, Prey, the 2017, 2018 game, um, Rage two, uh, Wolfenstein New Order, Wolfenstein Old Blood, Wolfenstein Young Blood, Wolfenstein two. I don't is not on that list, but once again, I'm not sure if that's already on there or not. Um, so, 20 new games from Bethesda. Boom, already on there. Um, and, like I said, I know Doom 2016 for a fact was already on that on that list. Yep. Um, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts, Gables, on uh, you know this finally happening and then kind of all the stuff added to the Game Pass and then the future of what we might see for exclusivity for Bethesda on Xbox? Well, it's about time they did go through the initial revealing of Bethesda, you know, joining Xbox in that regards. I knew through contractual obligations they had to wait for this deal to finalize in order to speak yep. about a lot of the curtails and the details. Yep. And I do appreciate Microsoft actually setting aside and doing this sort of an introduction of what they are doing with the Bethesda in that regards. There are still some deals that are not as clear, especially when it comes to some exclusivity like exclusive games for its system in particular but we already know that uh they're still doing a lot of the different deals like bethesda is already doing pre-existing contractual deals say for like sony for the playstation or for nintendo for the switch or whatever they want to do i felt that dropping the initial 20 games in the game pass i mean it was expected that bethesda would be having a huge support on game pass more so than it was originally now this is even adding even more great value to game pass what goes off to maybe like close to a hundred dollars or so a year for that service is like god man you have all the great content from bethesda's from dating back from like the original xbox or the 360 and a lot of those games in the 360 they're still heavily played Especially on the uh, the PC market in regards to Fallout, in regards to Wolfenstein, 
Elvis rolls and stuff. Yeah, not just Oblivion, Skyrim, obviously, that's the big elephant in the room. But at the same time, it's like any person that wants to invest inside of a new generation of console or even wanting a Game Pass on PC and not having to pay the middleman or something like that, it's like, hey, I can get this, I can play this for just a subscription cost and just enjoy it, whatever the hell it is, and now I can do like another 100-plus hour save a Fallout 3 if I choose to. You know, that mindset is going to be applying more so to people investing inside that next generation where it's like, okay, you got Game Pass and you have PlayStation Now. Both offer similar in terms of service values, but there is clearly one that's higher than the other in terms of the wealth oh, yeah. of content. I mean, it's without question. I mean, I feel that the Game Pass right now is at that extent to where it's absolutely dumb if someone does not invest if they own an xbox system like say if they own an xbox one s or if they own a series x or whatsoever you gotta get game pass this is oh yeah definitely gonna save you a hell of a lot of money in the long run but uh i was excited about that because of potential games that i may want to play on there eventually I mean, what's kind of hilarious about it is, like, I was playing a bit of Oblivion a few weeks ago, and all of a sudden now it's on Game Pass. Yeah. But, what can I say? I own all these games physically already. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as exclusive deals go, <clears throat> obviously they're going to have something in terms of Starfield. It feels like that's going to be the number one thing that's going to potentially be revealed to us over the next couple months. I do not see... Starfield in and of itself being a timed exclusive first on PlayStation 5. I see it more so the game coming to PlayStation 5 through contractual stuff, but I see that it's going to be a time exclusive potentially on Series X, maybe for the first six months, maybe the first year, who knows. But uh, you got to believe the next Elder Scrolls, that's probably going to be exclusive to the Series X. I'm just assuming now the next mainline Fallout game. That's probably going to be on Series X. And maybe potential Wolfenstein 3? Yeah, that potentially could be a Series X exclusive. God, let me so just kill Hitler. You, those three franchises, those huge franchises mm. that Bethesda have, you know, those future games, it's strongly looking like these could be exclusives for the Series X and S. So I'm liking that idea as long as... It's not rushed as long as they're not like steps in the wrong direction in regards to, you know, a lot of the uh, substantial, like, uh, oh God, like this is like a substantial mix in quality in some of the last game releases of the franchises. But yeah. at least with Bethesda, mm -hmm. they now have help from Microsoft in regards to any type of support, any type of like creative stuff that they need help with. You know, there's a large, there's now actually a large plethora of knowledge and finances involved in order to help them produce the games that they want to go through and create now which that in and of itself I feel at the end of the day is the best major thing that we could hope for is having more potential in making fantastic games in the future and so this partnership between Microsoft and Bethesda it is unheard it was unheard of this big old deal because this is like the equivalent of back in the day, Nintendo maybe purchasing a Capcom or a Sega yeah. back then, you know, like maybe in the 2000s or the 90s or whatever the hell. But 
just the magnitude of this partnership right now and how influential the franchises that Bethesda holds now being finalized. Now things are in place to where now you can play back content and then the future of it. This is going to be the best start for an Xbox generation for since for a long while, actually, since maybe the 360. But the difference in this generation, obviously, barring the pandemic and everything else, it feels like every company has, it feels all of them are level. It yeah. feels like no one is extremely higher than the other one. You know, it feels like they're all on neutral ground. They're all doing their separate things that are working for them and being successful with it. That's how it's felt like to me. And I feel like with this most recent acquisition Microsoft has done, it even brings even more valuable, even more value to it. And it's kind of, kind of like an old saying, competition breeds better terms of like, uh, better terms of products between mm. competitors, you know? So I'm really liked, I really enjoyed what was went on the first 15 minutes and stuff. Obviously I only watched the first 15 minutes of the actual conference itself because it was probably a lot of fluff. Yeah, it was like two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't watch, I, I didn't, I honestly didn't, I think I watched like two, three minutes of it. I just kind of read the, the cliff notes and, later on because like once i heard like I, they said they yeah. weren't announcing anything so i'm like okay i'll, I'll just hear about it later um yeah i mean I, I i'm pretty much agree with you on everything it's like it's awesome that, yeah like they're on kind of like you know, as far as like ex- um exclusive titles or everybody's equal footing it's 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 kind of sucks that they had to buy bethesda to give them on that level instead of uh, you know when you look at playstation nintendo where they made those games themselves to it's put them on the fix. put them on those pedestals <laughs> um but yeah um i, I i'm happy i mean like do I love the idea of, you know, bigger companies buying smaller companies and merging them to theirs? No, sure. I mean, not, not so much, you know, we, we can get, that's a whole different discussion about corporate America, but um, I, I look at like the longevity of, of Bethesda and some of the stuff that, where it sounds like Bethesda was going more of like the big AAA stuff, leaning more towards like the stuff that sells where like, you know, we, yeah, like we, you mentioned about how um, the last few years has been great for Bethesda where like Youngblood, right. Wolfenstein right. Youngblood came out. They had that. They had the Wolfenstein bad, the really bad Wolfenstein VR game come out. Oh, yeah. um, Fallout seventy six was a big fucking. Uh, that was a bad launch. One. They did the stupid, the monthly thing you can buy for Fallout seventy six when the game was still fucking busted. On top of that, um, and and they as they're delaying content, up announcing this. Hey, you want to pay us ten dollars a fucking month for this? Um, <laughs> which is ridiculous, but. Uh, it's, yeah, it was just one big bungle after another on that. And even like Doom Eternal came out and it's like, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I feel like a lot of people were like, were let, I think 2016 Doom was so great that, uh, I mean, as good as it was, it wasn't, it didn't live up to the standards that I think a lot of people right. were hoping would. But, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I love this because, you know, I was talking about like, you know, they're, they're so focused on you know, the next big, like triple A tiles, you know, like you see so many, like they, they talk about movies. I, I mentioned this on the podcast before, where, like movies, like, where a lot of uh, bigger film studios have like they've given up on those smaller you know twenty thirty million dollar budget movies that are going to make a hundred million dollars in the, in box office they want they want uh, you know the, the the good and bad like as much as I love Marvel and I got my kind of funny Marvel shirt on uh, but um, you know as, as as much as I love the Marvel movies and so many people love Marvel movies it's like it's kind of in it's changed the film industry where everybody's like look at what well, fucking every movie they put out 
makes a billion fucking dollars in, in theaters. It's like, now we want to do that. Like, everybody just, like, they go for, like, oh, we're going to do these $100, $200 million budget movies and hope, and, and then depend on it to make a billion dollars where it's like, no, not everybody could do that. You know, it's like, like, you see all these, what, you know, the movies that had, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 million dollar budgets that would, you know, make you a good chunk of profit, but chump change compared to what Marvel movies were doing and some other movies were doing. Um, as Avatar this week passed uh, in game, as far as the most uh, money ever in a box office, they got like two point nine billion or something. Um, it got re- released in China and they passed them. But anyways, um, you know we, we've seen that that kind of that middle tier and that smaller tier of like movies that have like uh, a bigger budget behind it. As far as like you know, you had a bigger studio behind you and it was, you know, so you had you're gonna have a good support behind you to do it. But like you're not gonna like. Uh, you know, that double A kind of era, which we've seen die off a lot in just video games, this generation in general. But, um, Bethesda is very much like they have triple A, but they, they also were probably the best at the double A games. Like, I mean, we love doom. We love Wolfenstein. Um, I love evil within a lot of people, a good chunk of people love evil within. Those are probably the more double A tier. They're not quite triple A, but they're, they're upper tier double A, you know, kind of games. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, when I was seeing Ghostwire Tokyo, no evil within three. Like, I feel like now, isn't so crazy like you know, I thought Evil Within one you know that franchise is probably dead and it's like now I'm like you know you, you, I hear other people talk about it where it's like um, you know like, eh, this seems plausible that we might see Evil Within three um, you know we might see more Wolfenstein spinoff games possibly or uh, more Doom games because we we talk we've talked about it in the past like I've talked about it before like where you see like Doom Eternal and Wolfenstein two would pop up uh, on the MPDs when we do the MPDs every month. It's like, oh, cool, it's in there, but it's like in the teens or the bottom of the top 10. And then the next month, it's maybe in the top 20, you know, bottom of the top 20. And then you never see it's gone. It's just out of the top 20 a month later. And it's like, so those games, there's an audience behind them, but it's not a big audience. And those games are, right. they don't make, I mean, they might make tens of millions, but they don't make hundreds of millions. Like you see like a Skyrim, it gets ported everything because it fucking sells wherever it goes. Um, you know, like that gives me hope for like the future of like now, like now they could take chances again. Now they can. Because uh, I think that's what you've seen Bethesda this this generation. Like, yeah, people love Elder Scrolls. They love Fallout. Those games are always going to do well, um, unless you're 76. Um, people are going to love them. They're going to have their audience. But it's like, I think what kind of endeared people to them more was this last generation of like, they brought Doom back and it fucking worked. They brought Wolfenstein yeah. back and it fucking worked. Yes, you, you see, like you know, bring, you're taking out. You, yeah, you're doing. Like, you're bringing out these like smaller Wolfenstein games, like uh, Old Blood. Or um, we're seeing, you know, Tango Gameworks with Evil Within. Like we're seeing these smaller titles, and they're great. And they, they don't are they the biggest audience? No, but they're, they're people love them, and they're they're they're, they're they get good reviews, they get good publicity for them. Like that's the thing that kind of brought them up to the next tier. The next tier enough for I hit my mic there. Sorry, but they were one of like the I mean, they're one of like what three third party developers at that point that actually did a, a E3 show, whereas like what Ubisoft and EA did one. And then fucking Bethesda did one, and like, uh, it's some of their fucking events they did were awesome. I mean, I mean there was some filler in there with, with the Elder Scrolls Online. Like, there's the there's the the Elder Scrolls mobile game they did. Um, like, what, I mean, everyone every fucking show has that, but it's like, man, we're like we were like some of those like those are like some of those fun events because they were like, you know, you're gamers, you're here to have fun. We're here to have fun too. They did a fucking carnival one year. Uh, after E3 uh, presentation. Um, <laughs> That's true. So yeah, it gives me hope. But I, I love like that. They they officially uh, Xbox officially owned them on March 9th, and on March 12th, 
They just put every fucking Bethesda game that ever came to consoles on Game Pass. Like, that's awesome. That's incredible. Nintendo, you have 30 years of fucking, 35 years of fucking excellent content that we bitch about constantly about. Like, why can't we play these goddamn games? Give it, like, where's Pokemon Snap? Where's fucking Smash? Where's Mario Kart 64? Where's all these awesome games? Where's fucking um, um, Earthbound 1, 2, and 3? Where the fuck are they at? And it's like... We, for decades, years, we bitch about like how like, how they do this and that, like their slow rollout of games and like like yeah. you, you like, I see the monthly updates on they put on YouTube like here's a two new games coming to uh, Nintendo Switch Online this this month. It's like and they're both or they're mostly niche stuff that we yeah never even stuff heard you, of. no one ever heard of and they were bad games when they came out back <laughs> then and like these games are really bad now. And it's like they're just you know like yeah we don't get me wrong like I would argue that the the, the top games on Super Nintendo and Nintendo. Maybe you're better games than some of these games that they put on this list. I don't know. That's that's a different argument for a different day. Um, I wouldn't personally agree with that, but I, I feel like there's a good chunk of people that would argue that case. Um, but there's so many other games that they can give us and, and so much back catalog of great fucking games. These are just games that Bethesda put out this last fucking generation. I mean, not all of them. There's some Xbox games there, but 17 out of these fucking 20 games were games they put out in the last decade yep. that they're putting on Game Pass. And it's like Nintendo's got 35 years of great fucking games. And they've got like only like half of them they've given us, and there's like, and there's only the first two fucking consoles. Well, I'd you guys got like argue, not even half. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, not even all the best games from those two consoles that they've given us are on there, and like, you still got what four, five other fucking. I guess they keep porting all the Wii U games, but like, you got four other fucking consoles of great games. You got five fucking handhelds of great games, and you ain't giving it to us. And it's been the Switch has been out for over four years now. What the fuck? But anyway, uh, when I heard that news, that's immediately what I thought about. Like, you like, fucking Microsoft, you've owned this company for two fucking days. And you're like, hey, here's fucking everything from these guys for, for the last 15 <laughs> fucking years. It's like, God damn. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, you know, just trying to look at, it like, glass half full kind of case, like, uh, scenario where I was like, yeah, this is, I mean, it sucks. Like, do I, like, you know, for a lot of gamers or it's like, maybe, you know, maybe you're, you're a Switch guy or maybe you're a PlayStation guy and, you know, like, um, you're not, you only plan on buying one. Maybe you're just like, you know, a lot of people like, you always talk about like, there was a, there was a, um, what was it? The, the Wii 360 people were like, they owned a Wii and they owned a, they owned a 360. Um, then like, there's a thing that, you know, those like people with the, with the, with the switch and the PS4. And maybe there's a lot of people that are just, they're planning on just being switch PS5 people. And there's a lot of great games. And maybe the people that just, they love, they love whatever the fuck the next fallout game or the next Elder Scrolls game is going to be. Now it's going to be on there exclusively. Does that suck? Yes. But I mean that's smart for them. I mean, like I said, like, now they're all on equal footings. Now they have like a, a plethora of games to come out. And like talk, going to the summer event here, that they're talking about like a, they have an E three style thing. Um, the summer, like we we talk, we complain every year about when well, the biggest complaints we have about Bethesda is there's so much shit in the middle. Like they have, they pack a punch. They have three, four big hitters every fucking every time they would do one. But then like there'd be like those lulls in the middle. Like I said, they had the Elder Scrolls Online shit. They had the card games. They had the mobile games. They always had like fill in the rest of shit. Cause I mean, I understand there's an the audience before it, but it's like the last vast majority were here for the big shit. And you like Microsoft every year goes into it. We're gonna have the most games ever at E3 press conference for uh, games announced or most exclusives ever. Are like and they get there like first uh, launch launch console launch exclusive. Uh, or uh, world premiere or console exclusive. They have like nine different tiers of what ex- just like to say they're exclusive. It's like first launch on exclusive console made in America or <laughs> made, you know, it, this in 2017 or like they'd always find workarounds. Like it's exclusive because of this reason. And 
uh, but they'd have they they like we have seventy games we're gonna talk about, and then they would talk about it. it's like okay cool I don't remember any of the fucking things they talked about they just it's just like two hours of boom 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 here's, here's shit you don't care about twenty five games put into a little fucking thirty second music thing with some a bunch of indie games you know it's like they don't they never had that big pack a punch like they have like a, like a, you know they have some cool shit here and there but there's a lot of years where like not a lot was shown off like the big thing they had was Ori which no disrespect to Ori. It's not gonna like it's not that or he's not setting the world on fire for people. Uh, it's like now you're gonna add Bethesda where they packed the punch and the middle parts is where they suffered. It's like you you combine those together with with Halo with Gears, Forza, and then all like you know like there's some impressive games they'd show off in those. But like I said, they, there were so many that you would just lose track of all of them. Like if you can instead of having 70 games, have 20 games, and like we have four or five big games and then 15 smaller games. Fan fucking tastic, and then there's a rumor of a March 26 event for Xbox, which is everybody's saying. Really, really, really. No. Sorry, I was, I was, someone's walking through the hallway. Um, but you know, like everybody's saying, don't like you know, Starfield's not gonna be there. The big games aren't gonna be there. Uh, but I'm like, I was thinking, like, oh, that'd be awesome. Like all those like those smaller games that they show off that we don't, you know, like almost like an Nindies event, like. I love oh, yeah. that. Like Nintendo does the the, the little Nindies events where like it's like, hey, here's all these smaller games that like that no one, you wouldn't know about if it wasn't for this. And, like that's awesome. Like that you know they do that so these games stand out. Like there's so many games that come out because of this. Uh, there was the um, oh fuck I just forgot the name of it. It was my number three game of last year. The uh, the game with like with the animals on the islands. You know the get all the feathers. Uh, let me pull up my game of the year book here. <laughs> um, sorry, give me two feathers. seconds. I am finding it. A short hike. Oh, there you go. what I was thinking of. Like, that was shown off at that event, and I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for that. Um, so, I just, you know, I think about that, and, like, stuff like that would be awesome to show off. And it's just, like, pimping out more Game Pass content. Like, the smaller games are coming to Game Pass to give it a, give it a time to shine kind of stuff. I hope that's the case. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, you know, being glass half full, I'm excited uh, for the future Bethesda, and then also this kind of fast tracks like the thing we talk about all the time with Xbox, where it's like the battle of the studios, but like where are the games, and they never have mm-hmm. games. It, you know, like this kind of fast tracks that where like Bethesda's got a lot of games probably in the pipeline there. Uh, unfortunately, the two big ones that we know about are be are PlayStation exclusives this year, but they probably got they Xbox has said that before they even Bethesda was was purchased that they have exclusive games. Unannounced, unannounced exclusive games for this year. So, and then who knows? And, then, and on top of that, with Bethesda, who knows? But Gable's moving on here to some more um, uh, announcement here. So Square Enix is announcing uh, an event called the Square Enix Presents. Uh, it's a new event show. Um, it sounds like this is going to be um, uh, not a one-time thing, but who knows if it's going to be a quarterly thing or something like that. But they they come out and they they talked about it here. So it's going to be a Nintendo uh, Direct style event. Um, it's going to be 10 a.m. Pacific time on March 18th. So I believe that is Thursday. Yes, it's Thursday. Uh, and they came out and which I like this a lot that they said there, it's going to be 40 minutes and then it's going to be updates on games that are already out. And then, uh, uh, promises news on following projects. And they gave a list of the games they are going to focus on. So outriders, which is the live service game that's coming uh, on April 1st. So it's kind of a last big push for that. Balan Wonderworld, which is, um, that game is famous right now because of how bad that demo is. Um, there's going to be a two meter update, but Xbox already leaked that there's uh, a Tomb Raider, tri- uh, to- Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider trilogy uh, coming on March 18th. They're, it's, wow. they're basically going to shadow drop the uh, Tomb Raider trilogy, not 
the older ones, but the the previous ones, um, the uh, Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, they're doing a, a trilogy pack that you can get for that. Um, nice. There's gonna be an update on Marvel's Avengers because on March 18th, the uh, PS5, Xbox Series X update rolls out for that. So you have the next gen updates, and then like I think Hawkeye and a bunch of other stuff is gonna come to that. Uh, then the, we talked about last week the XP the XP changes is that day as well. Uh, update on a Just Cause mobile game, which I don't know if that's a real thing or not. A uh, new built mobile game from Square Enix Montreal, and then a whimsical whimsical in is what they said here. Games from Square Enix uh, subsidiary Tato. And they also announced that they are um, uh, revealing the next Life is Strange game, Life is Strange 3, mm. um, which is not being made by uh, Don't Nod. Uh, we don't know who, I don't think we actually know who's developing it. Um, the Life is Strange Twitter account's been kind of teasing it, but we don't, like, like the, you can see, like, the back of the main character in this one. Um, I don't know, Gables, what, what's your what's your thoughts on here, here about a Square Enix uh, event? What's your hopes for it? Well, my hopes for it is like an introduction of uh, maybe more of a clarification of like is Balan Wonderland actually worthwhile to play in that regards yeah. because uh, $60, <laughs> no. No, no. From what I've been seeing initially from the footage and also the reactions from people from that demo, it, it's not looking fairly good in that regards. But yeah. uh, what I'm hoping for is like seeing the content for say marvel's avengers actually being decent as well potentially because it's like they need a there, there's a lot of things they got to do in order to fix that game that will even make people remotely interested in wanting to play it because they're losing users pretty much daily in that regards it feels like there's hardly anybody that wants to go online to play that game because of the live service aspects of it they just increase the amount of time you're going to grind to get to the next possible, yeah. not only just the next possible level, but actually go through and get to the end game and stuff. They need to at least fix the end game to where people will want to stick around with it. <laughs> yeah, they, they nailed end game the movie, but not end game the game. Yep, very true. I'm excited in regards to the whole Tomb Raider trilogy, you know, that being on the 18th in that regards. I mean, that's fine. I mean, hell, I was kind of expecting a trilogy of that series to come out eventually but i'm glad that it is coming out fairly soon that way those that have not tried those games out yet either on the ps4 or on the xbox one or whatever the hell get a chance to get it inside of one lump for like a good price hopefully there's probably going to be sales on those games on the digital services because there's always sales on those three games mm -hmm. i mean there's always sales they're always like games. 10 bucks or less Oh yeah! If you don't have them now, I mean, here, here's a whole chunk of them right there. Yeah, I oh, I think this year is like the 25th anniversary or something, so that's probably why they're yes, doing it. Yes, a Tomb Raider, I believe it is. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just expecting at least something decent that's going to be introduced that I'm going to want to play. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm kind of the same boat. I I you know we talk about all the time. We're like, I I like the fact that they're setting. Like the standards of like this is what this is. I love it when they're very when people are very honest with it. And it kind of yeah. sucks. Like Nintendo will tell us sometimes, and they're honest, but they lie so many times that we don't believe them. So it's like they've kind of set, they've kind of destroyed any standard of like what to expect from them. Because like yep. we're only going to talk about this, but but except for these ten examples, we're only going to talk about these things. Um, I don't think they, they, you know, like I love it if they like showed off some like Final Fantasy VII remake two or something. I love that. Uh, but I don't expect, I mean, obviously that's not a fucking 
chance in hell. But I'd almost rather them like stick to what they're saying, just so I know like they set the standard of like, cool, what they say is going to be there, what's going to be there. Maybe you'll hear a couple other things unannounced in there, but I don't. Think, I'm not expecting anything substantial. I am hopeful of like what Life of Strange Three will be, and uh, I'm curious, like you know, because uh, you know this isn't don't nod. I love I, Life of Strange One is one of my favorite games of all time. I literally have a book on my shelf over here. I bought the art book for it, um, which is really cool. It's a yearbook thing. Even it's awesome. But anyways, like I love Life of Strange One. I love I love the characters. I love Chloe. Actually, yesterday is uh was uh, Max's who was a character you play as Life Strange One. Yesterday was her birthday. Um, cause they actually, they talk about, they mentioned her birthday in the game. So that yesterday was her birthday. Um, and then, you know, deck nine made before the storm, which was like the prequel to life of strange, which was, I think was personally, I have enjoyed more than life strange, the, game, the main game. Um, and then life strange two came out and I thought it was fine. I talked about it, um, in 2019, but like my biggest issue with that was that, um, and I, I looked this up just to be sure, but my biggest complaint about that game back then was and this is my biggest issue with like Telltale games. Anything was like how far apart the episodes were. You know, there's five episodes, and like, um, like, I mean, Telltale was always the worst about like you, you wouldn't know. You sometimes it'd be a month, sometimes it'd be three months. But, you know, you wouldn't there'd be very little updates in between about when the, when the next episode's coming out. I looked it up. So the first episode of Life is Strange two came out in September 2018. The last episode, episode five, came out in December 2019. Damn. 15 months we went to get five. So every three months, basically, we got an episode. That is way too long. Like, I understand there's a lot of work goes into them, but like I, like the um, Don't Nod released the Tell Me Why games that came to Game Pass uh, last year, which I played the first episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, I just never went back to it, but um, it was okay. I didn't, it wasn't my favorite. Um, but then I also talked about, I was kind of, I'm kind of, I was burnt out on those, but it's been a while. The so maybe I should go back to it while I still have Game Pass. But anyways, uh, my big hope is that like they, you know, Life of Strange Three. I'm like, I would love it if Deck Nine is making this to people like me before the storm, the prequel to Life of Strange One. Um, since Don't Nod isn't working on this, uh, but uh, you know, like I just give me like, whenever they announce it, whatever it's going to be, like there, there's rumors that it's going to be because they're gonna, like the Life of Strange games, like the person, the main character always has pa- some sort of powers. Like the first game, it was uh, they can rewind ta- time a little bit. Uh, the second one was uh, is that Teleth to let to let the to let the P. Yeah, telepathic, whatever. Basically, they can move show their mind, uh, like like a fucking Professor Xavier. And then this one is like mind reading, is the rumor for my Left Strange Three, um, which would be interesting how it's going to work um, uh, in a game like this. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm hopeful, and I hope they have a good release date and a good release with I've always I've been bitching about it for a fucking since really. Like Telltale Walking Dead was the only one that really nailed it and did a really awesome job. Where every month, every every four weeks, we got a new episode, and yeah. they they nailed it for fucking for five episodes. We got a we got a new one every fucking week, um, or every month. I'm sorry, uh, and I would just love it if if they announce this and say it's soon. I, I think they said it's, they're planning on it coming out this year or starting coming out this year. If it's not going to be all one thing, which I would actually prefer, but if that's not the case. They have a release schedule, which actually Life is Strange Two had a release schedule. They announced it, and then uh, it was still gonna be it was it's still gonna be like ten months, but then delays and shit. It got pushed out to fifteen months. Um, it just fucking be almost be done with it or almost done with it by the time you fucking start re- releasing these games. That's my biggest thing with it. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, whatever. I mean, my big thing, like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to Life of Change 3, and I'm, I'm super excited to hear more Balon, uh, Balon, uh, Balon Underworld or Wonder World because that game is awful. I want to play the demo. Uh, I heard that. I, I guess every game, every button in that game is, is is just a jump button. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. just look it up, Gables. Just look it up. Or actually, download it. the de- the demo is on everything. Just fucking play. It. I we should that should be our homework. That's gonna be our homework this week. You and I are both gonna play the demo. Okay. All right, handshake well, agreement. All right, all right, and there we go. There we go. I don't know why you grip my hand like that, but whatever. <laughs> we're going to download it and we're going to play it. Uh, and then we'll report back next week. Uh, but anyways, moving on to uh, our uh, our next topic here. This will probably be our final topic here because we're okay. all along. Um, the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is getting a uh, retro beat-em-up game, a new retro beat-em-up game called Sh- uh, Shredder's Revenge coming later this year. Uh, no release window other than 2021. Uh, so uh, this is going to be 30 years after it's going to be a kind of like a sequel to the uh, Turtle in Times. Uh, uh, like I said, it's called Shredder's Revenge. It's made by the publisher is uh, Dotumu, and it's being developed by uh, Tribute Games, um, which I, when I was looking up to them, they have a pretty good background of games here. I want to try to figure out. Um, so let me I'll, let me read this article here, and then I'll try, if they don't mention it, I'll uh, try to figure out what they worked on before. But uh Shredder's Revenge is a four-player co-op beat-em-up in the classic Konami style. That is the style of brawler that sucked quarters out of anyone who played uh, 1989's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the sequel, Tur- uh, Turtles in Time. Um, presumably, Shredder's Revenge will offer a gameplay experience tailored for home for not draining uh, your fa- your allowance. Uh, as seen in the debut trailer, Leonardo, Leonardo Raphael, Michelangelo, Donald Hill will take on a cl- uh, classic enemies like the Foot Clan, uh, Bebop, Rocksteady, and their new side-scrolling adventure. Uh, the trailer also teases the appearance of other old friends uh, and foes, all all to the tune of the classic uh, animated series theme song, which was fucking awesome. Uh, which, oh, wow. Uh, Matt Patton from Faith No More and Mr. Bungle is the one that sung that fucking theme song? I had no idea. Wow. <laughs> that blew my mind. My mind is blown. I had no idea. That's fucking awesome. Um Oh, yeah, here it is. So uh, it's being developed by Montreal-based uh, Tribute Games. Two of the founders of that studio uh, worked uh, previously worked on Scott Pribble from Crystal's World, which you had talked about previously, uh, and TMNT, the, uh, the bad... Is that the bad one? Oh, no, that's the Game Boy Advance version they worked on. I was thinking of the uh, one that came to consoles. That was like the 360 game. That was terrible. Um, they also worked on uh, Panzer Paladin, Flint Hook, uh, Wiz- Wizorb, and Mercenary Kings. Um so, uh, in, in other words, it's a far more promising prospect than the uh, Platinum Turtles game that we got, which I remember Justin and I were very excited for that, and it was fucking terrible. Uh, and uh, they, oh, uh, the publisher of this game also previously published Street Rage 4, Windjammers 2, and Wonder Boy The Dragon's Trap. So, pretty good uh, background of games um, that these guys have worked on. So the, But uh, I, I love the art style where it's like, it's... Six, it's just an HD 16 bit, which I'm all for. Like, it's like we talked about when we did our game of the years list um, at the end of the year last year, where like we both had Battle Toads and we both had Street Rage 4 on that list. And it's like they fucking nailed that early 90s, late 80s uh, arcade beat em up style. Where, like it's it it's it's just an HD 16 8 bit fucking version of what we loved as, as kids. And they just did a good job of it. Like cause that's that's a franchise. That's a that's a game. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? But it's a not a franchise, but 
that's a tier of gaming where like it seems so easy that we should just have a plethora of fucking excellent ones. We should just be overwhelmed by how many good side scroller beat 'em ups that we have. And for a long period of time, we don't see any at all, or we might see one here or there. So we got um, very few beat 'em ups over the span of the last twenty years, I would like to say. Yeah. There were some that were sprinkled. The Castle Crashers. But, yeah, Castle Crashers being one one of the few that actually shined in that period of time. But in this decade is been has been the resurgence of beat-em-up games. Hell, the re-release of Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. You had Battletoads. You had freaking Streets of Rage 4. Played through all three of them. I've beaten all three of them. Turtles reshell. You know, like, just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, Shredder's Revenge. The moment I saw that trailer, the moment I saw the gameplay and stuff, I was in, dude. I yeah. was in. Because this is my type of game and stuff. Because it's like, I remember growing up playing the Turtles game inside the arcades. I mean, hell, I used to go to a freaking pizzeria and stuff like that and play that game on the machine, on the freaking machine, put it into my quarters and stuff. I was like maybe five at the time. I loved that game because it was so close to looking to the fucking show in and of itself. I played, I played through that. I played through Hyperstone Heist. I played through like uh, the actual 1989 game when it came onto the arcade. When it came onto Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah, that's where I played it at. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I played that, and it was such a trip back then because it's like I finally had a chance to play through the entirety of that game I played as a kid. But. Uh, Everything else in regards to this trailer, from the look of the turtles, the gameplay, the selectable characters, and it seems like it's of that same quality, like that same fun quality in like that terms of, uh, you know, like replayability as even some of the games from back in the 90s. I mean, that's very exciting. Hell, man, I would be game if we had like four people actually go through and just blaze through that entire game, dude. That oh yeah, I hope it's all. They didn't it. say if it's online or not. I hope it is because I think Street Fighter Four it did have online. Um, oh yeah, so I guess we hope that this will have it because uh, Scott Pilgrim also does as well. So that's a uh, standard thing you need to have inside of a yeah. game like this. Well, it's like Battletoads didn't have online, so that's that's the only thing I'm thinking of. Like, well, that's um, an odd one out though. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I yeah, this is a game I I I for sure like when that comes out. That's gonna be a um day one by i think for both of us and mm. for sure that's gonna be a game like i feel like this could be a good co-op year for us cables where oh no you know, we got it takes <laughs> two coming out here in a couple weeks and we got uh tmnt here coming out sometime this year i'm hoping it's like uh be awesome if it comes out in summer that'd be fucking perfect it'd be that's a good summer game right there like a good weekend like uh sit down it'd be awesome too if they fucking find a way to like re-release the older ones with some online multiplayer so oh, actually that'd be pretty fun I remember, I, I think I beat the three on three on the Xbox Live Arcade. I beat the original one, um, I believe, in co-op mode I, with a, with a buddy of mine. He basically, he I, I just fucking got my ass whooped the entire time, and like he he was he's older than me, so like he he grew up kind of the same thing where like he was playing in the arcade, he played it on on, on the Nintendo, like he uh, um, all that, like he just fucking wrecked everybody, and like all right, cool. I just rode his coattails through the fucking game, kind of thing. Kind of like <laughs> I rode the coat, I ride the coattail in this, in this podcast of you, so. Same idea. I'm just riding people's <laughs> coattails. So I, I'm, yeah. I when I saw this, like when I first heard about, it, I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I saw that I saw the trailer when I got home. I'm like, oh my god, okay. And it's like I grew up 
the huge team and T fan. Um, it's funny. My, my mom has told me this story a hundred times and tells everybody about, uh, about me when I was a kid, like before preschool, like I, for every day for like a month I wore, I would only wear a, uh, teenage mutant Ninja turtles t-shirt. And every night when I go to bed, she had to wash it for me. So I, so that when I woke up the next day, I had it. And like, I was like three, four years old. And like, I would like, that's how big of it. Like growing up watching. I mean, I've seen the first two movies hundred times easily each. I still randomly quote um, Raphael when he's running down the street when um, after um, Kate, was it Casey Jones calls him a freak. He's like, freak, freak. And he's chasing him. And he's like, damn. I still quote that to this day. Uh, <laughs> Justin is the only person I know that gets that joke. Um, and now you. Uh, but I, I would quote it. And like Justin, would, he was the only person I know that like uh, he would laugh at it. He's like, I, I, I get it. Because, you know, he, uh, grew up loving that movie too. Oh, fuck, now I just want to watch the fucking movies. God damn. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, man, I mean, I'm going to see if they're on anything streaming. Um, I just recently got the movies too. <laughs> oh, jelly. I need to watch the third one because I remember only, even as a kid, I watched it only like probably I 10 times. I did watch the third one. It was okay, but it was not as fun yeah. watching as like the first and especially the second one. I love yeah. the second one. Super Shredder. Ice, but still. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually watch the second one a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I, I even I mean, as a kid, I love the second one more than the first one. Uh, yeah. But I, I remember when I was like older, like a teenager, and I was watching. I'm like, no, the first one's better than two. Two's better. It's a better kids movie. One's a better movie. But I just yeah. remember the, at the beginning when they go downstairs and they're fighting the guys in the fucking store. Oh my god, it's so good. It, the, the movies are so much better than they deserve to be. Um, and then three, they go back in time. It's fucking weird. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, Man, I, I hope this is as good as if it's as good as Battletoads or, or Street Race Four, uh, it's gonna be incredible. It, this this mm. this will be one of those games that's for sure might only might be the only game that's on both on our top tens list next year, as <laughs> was last year where the only two games on our list were beat 'em up games. So, oh yeah, um, I'm excited. Uh, but moving on, Gables to um, some uh, we've been we've been playing this last week. Uh, I haven't been playing much of anything to be honest. I've been that weird stage still. I'm just waiting for shit to come out. We've been in a dead zone for a while. Um, I did a, they had a South Park fractured butthole um, on sale for 10 bucks on PSN. Um, so I, I, it's funny. I bought the, uh, like the gold edition or whatever on the physically years ago when it came out. And I, I, it came with like the season pass. If I never played any of the DLC, um, I remember playing it and it unfortunately came out. Like I remember it came out uh, like, it was like 10 days before uh, Mario Odyssey, um, Wolfenstein 2, and uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Origins. The, Origins, thank you. Um, it came out 10 days before that. So I was in a hurry and I beat that game. And plus, I wasn't like loving it as much, but I'm like, I remember I, had a, I was trying to beat that before in that, like, basically a week stretch before those three games came out. So I'm like, I mean, and I, I remember like I was putting my, kind of looking at my game of the generation list. When we did that list uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of looking, I'm like, I didn't have, I don't even think that South Park Fractured Holy came up on my list. And uh, I'm like, man, maybe I'm like, I was like thinking, about like, man, maybe I just didn't give it a fair chance. I like, I remember just, I didn't even do like all the side content. I just kind of flew to the main story. So um, I went ahead and I, because I sold my physical copy uh, a while back, I went ahead and just pre-bought it digitally. And um, I want to, I'm going to play through, I'm going to replay I started, I only played the first hour, hour and a half. Um, so it's all introduction shit. Uh, but I want to really play through the main game, really explore everything, and then also do the DLC this time because they actually go to Castle Bonita, which is one of my favorite episodes of the of the show ever. Uh, when when Cartman uh, uh, kidnaps Butters and tell him it's the end of the world, so he can go to a 
the Casamanita instead of Butters. Um, so yeah, um, I'm looking forward to uh, just checking out and check out the DLC and see if maybe if the game clicks a little better this time. But uh, that's all. That's all I've done. I've, like I said, I played the first hour, hour and a half. Well, Gables, you said you uh, 15 years in the making. You beat a game. Tell me about it. Right, right. <clears throat> I beat Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, okay, nice. <laughs> All right. So the funniest thing about this was the fact that uh, initially, I checked out my trophy list from when I first started this game. I started it around... Uh, around the time also ties in a little bit to the year anniversary that I bought my PlayStation 4 Pro. So I know I've had that now for over a year, give or take. But uh, what's kind of funny is when I was testing the PlayStation 4 Pro initially, I downloaded the Shadow of the Colossus and I beat like the first couple of Colossi and I did not turn back because I was distracted by other games at the time. Once I had finished Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I went through and I wanted to try to play something different, and I was trying to test things out. I downloaded the Shadow of the Colossus, and I just started progressively, almost like for a span of the last couple weeks, start playing little bits of it inside the morning, see if I can go through and get past certain colossi. But like to be expected, the first nine, I want to say the first seven to nine colossi were easier for me because I've already done it before, but... Every time that I'd go through and I'd beat a Colossi and stuff and go through a trek for another Colossi, it just felt like, uh, it felt interesting because it's like the first time, a couple times that you play, th like you play the game and you go to meet a Colossi and you have a battle with it and stuff, it just, each battle becomes much more epic and becomes much more interesting in that regards because no one battle is really the same with these Colossi. It's like, You'll have the super simple one to start off with, and it's it kind of feels like they progressively get harder until like uh, you get towards the end portion of the game. So, of note, the ones that I got stuck on back in the day, back when I first played this game on the PlayStation 2, when I bought it for discount, it was the one colossi that was sort of like a sand serpent, where you would go into this cave, you would have to try to beat this colossi because it would be going in and out of the sand right and it was just like sliding across and if you were on your horse and stuff it'll start chasing behind you mm -hmm. it took me a long time to realize uh, like uh that if i looked back and i like cocked back my bow if i shot its eyes it would actually go out of control mm -hmm. and just crash into the wall and then i can go up to it and then grab the bush portions and just stab the like the weak point of it I only discovered that maybe a few years ago because <laughs> I had gave that game so much of a rest. I've tried progressing so much until randomly I did it during that time. But it also led me to the next Colossi, which I couldn't really like uh, progress past because I didn't know. And that was the smaller Colossi that was more like a, almost like a goat, almost like a ram that uh, you're also in like the center, the bottom, like almost like a, inside this temple, right? Yeah. Where you have these four statues, you have to get this flame, this torch. And the thing about the torch is you have to climb up on one of these little things, get the torch, because the Colossi is supposed to ram into it, right? And then that gives you the torch. So you pick that up, 
you get the colossi towards the end of the cliff, right? And you have to hit it like a couple times to make it try to coax it over the end. It falls back, it breaks off its back armor, and then all of a sudden you can go down, climb up on its back, and stab its point repeatedly and stuff. And it felt like to me, like it, with each colossi battle, it started becoming much more violent and much more intricate in regards yeah. to how you took down these colossi and how you can go through this and that. Man, there were some epic battles. That's the one consistency I've loved about Shadow of the Colossus all these years. It's like how epic the battles were, how much everything put in perspective, the whole scenery, the whole landscapes, the whole traveling across this forbidden land you're not supposed to be in and stuff like that. And then just just simply just murdering this thing because you want your uh, you want to uh, get your girlfriend back to life, quintessentially. What was interesting was I finally got towards the end portion of this game, you know, where it's like it's building up. I managed to get out the uh, 15th Colossi, which, oh my gosh, it took a bit of time to get used to this one because you had to have him, like, stomp on the stone slab so it'll propel you up, and you had to climb all the way to, like, a specific portion of this one, this bridge, right? And it was like a bridge overlooking, like, the thing, and you had to get him to, like, smash the bridge and stuff because by having him do that you're supposed to somehow avoid him hitting the bridge go through jump on the top of him and then all of a sudden just try to climb and try to get after his weak points and the thing about it is you'll find two of his weak points and all of a sudden it starts evolving into like uh, okay i gotta do something else now in regards to get him finally over you know and so once i figured that one out the final colossi man that was a the final colossi was an epic battle because yeah. He's basically chained to the ground, and you have to scale him. He's like a gigantic tower that you have to scale, but you have to dodge his fireballs, and you have to go through these trenches in order to try to zoom around him. On top of that, I died a couple times because these fireballs, he would freaking get me to like uh, a specific point where I wouldn't think he would be getting me. First time I entered into this boss battle, I go a little bit out of like the range, like towards his range. He shot a fireball and just killed me like, <laughs> right there. <laughs> and then really the third time of me trying to go through, I'm like, oh, God damn it, come on. Let me get further than this. And so I started going further and further. Finally got to his feet, started climbing up on him. And what's kind of interesting to note, it's like, you'll see the weak point on his back or like something that's discolored on his back. And so you go through, you stab his back and he's supposed, and the, what's interesting about this boss battle, he reaches back with his, his hairy palm, right? And so you can actually climb, grab onto his palm, climb onto his arm, stab his arm. And all of a sudden it's supposed to have like the other arm or whatsoever. And so basically you're just bouncing back and forth between his arms and stuff just to get on top of the back of his head in order to try to like stab his weak point and stuff. But among all this, just the epicness, the scale of <laughs> finally trying to master this battle, because it took me, like, I kid you not, 10 minutes, maybe 10 or 15, in order to try to beat this boss, and I kept on falling off the damn boss's head and stuff, <laughs> and I kept on moving. The damn guy would not know when to stop moving. <laughs> oh, And then the ending of this game, you know, there's that brief moment and stuff where... You know, you finally got everything, but all of a sudden, like, all of the essence of all the colossi merge into one, and you form this gigantic, like, this gigantic, like, almost like demonic creature in that regards. And so all of those things just go through a reanimate your girlfriend. And it's like, 
the thing about it is like yes he accomplished the main character accomplished what he wanted to do which was resurrect his girlfriend but it's a tragic tale because it ends like with him and his horse which you think is dead at this point because the horse falls off a fucking cliff yeah but uh that was one of the more like bittersweet like endings in inside of a game that i could ever remember honestly i mean there's sad endings to game and then all of a settings to a game and all of a sudden you go through with that initial adventure to where they don't speak hardly anything in regards to the setting of the story or any type of who these characters are or all you know is it's like there's this there's this figure up above that wants you to go forth and kill these colossi which you find out is actually like this this like essence, this evil essence that wants you to try to kill these colossi so that you can get parts of him that were separated from like there were sixteen yeah, because these monks, these holy monks or something separated this gigantic creature into sixteen different colossi in order to try to like separate his powers and stuff like that, and all of a sudden you resurrecting him in that regards and you actually yeah. gaining the the uh, ability no, the instance you're actually controlling this big old freaking thing, just like just annihilating these dudes, these monks and stuff like that. That was pretty cool. I liked that aspect. But what's interesting, it's like the end of it, I can see why how it ties into another one of like Studio Japan's games, like previously. Because oh. it has to deal with the horned boy. Yeah. And like the whole reanimation of like like uh, the girl his girlfriend from the Shadow Colossus finding this child and has horns. It is the protagonist that looked like from the original Ico. Which, honestly, that is a pretty cool Easter egg in and of itself. But, uh, I gotta say, the minimalist story, the adventure of the old, the whole, like, adventure in and of itself, the epic battles, it wasn't, like, as long as it needed to be. I mean, if you wanted to, people listening at home, you could beat this game in roughly around maybe six hours if you want to. Yeah. It took me, right. like, a little over five and a half hours. I want to say close to six. I mean, granted, I've played this game off and on for the past 15 years. Of course, there were some things that I learned faster than others. But I'm so glad that over the span of that time, I managed to go through and finish the game. I actually went through and finished this game, even though it was so long since I first started it. But it also puts into like perspective that uh, it also puts the perspective that even if you go through and like enjoy a game, you know, it's like well, all these stuff that you've accomplished in regards since you first played that game, and all of a sudden just having that chapter just done. Because the thing about it that I'll remember most is like. Yeah, I beat this game. I got through the journey. I finally finished what I think. But it was just sitting back in my chair, just watching the end credits roll and just realizing it's like, wow, you know, it's this feels weird. It's like I've spent so much time, like so many years trying to beat this game, and I finally, I finally beat it. You know, that sense of satisfaction you get. Here's the thing about it. When you play video games, some of you guys go through and you beat it like in the span of a weekend. Or you'd be in the span of a week. But if you're someone that didn't have a lot of information back then in order to try to finish a game, like say from a player's guide or from word of mouth or from whatever, and you had to figure it out up here in your head, having that type of moment to where now you have access to, obviously, 
new technology is going to help you go through and finish the game that you want. You know, it's it's crazy. But yeah, this officially marks the longest stint I've ever had in terms of finishing a game. I think the previous one was with, I want to say it was Ocarina of Time, which that took me around four years, I think, oh, wow. to beat okay. that game. But, yeah, Shadow of the Colossus, that was one game that I beat over the last <laughs> over the last week. But uh, the other game, the other game that I started playing... There was a funny story behind this. At work, I downloaded two apps. The Xbox app and the PlayStation app. Okay. There were two apps that I always wanted to go through and just dabble with. <coughs> just wanted to see. I wanted to check out the feature if I can download certain like games or something onto my system while like away from home. And so Yeah, I as long as it's a rest mode, right? I think it's no. Actually for the Xbox One S I didn't have it in rest mode. I had it off. Okay. And uh, it actually downloaded the game I wanted it to download. Oh, that's cool. Okay. The PlayStation 4, it wasn't in rest mode. But when I turned it on, it then started to download it. Yeah. So they register things, which I was happy about that they actually registered. But on my PlayStation 4, I downloaded Assassin's Creed Origins. And I started playing Assassin's Creed Origins. The first night I downloaded it and started playing it, I spent about three hours playing it. I really started to enjoy what I was uh, playing because the setting of it was fairly interesting. The whole exploring the Egyptian landscapes and stuff and then going after, like, you know, taking out animals, synchronizing, like, checkpoints or whatsoever from the highest checkpoints, accomplishing certain missions. I think, you know what? Yes. It's basically more Assassin's Creed in that retrospect. If you played one Assassin's Creed, you'll get the idea that, yeah, you go to another one and stuff, different settings, different characters, same certain mission structures, but at the same time, I was in the mood to play an Assassin's Creed game. And so, I've heard great things about Origins, heard even greater things about Odyssey, Mm -hmm. which I have both of those games. Decided to start off with Origins because that was the point where I felt like, you know what, I want to start with this one to see how it is. Started playing it. I've been playing a little bits of it ever since downloading it, like last week. God damn, this game is actually fairly fun. It's actually fairly fun. Yeah, there are graphical glitches, and I actually have a picture that I took that I'm probably going to be sharing pretty soon where I was going through this altar, and in the center of this altar, like outside of like one of the... Uh, one of these temples and stuff, right? There's an arm, right? There was like a pale white arm. And it was huge. It was actually the size of like uh, like a snake. <laughs> Almost, you know? And it was just like random. There's like a giant, like uh, like a giant's arm. I thought it was like Andre the Giant's arm just like on the top where the, like right in front of where this thing was tributed. And I looked down at it and I'm like, God damn, this has got to be one of those Ubisoft glitches. <laughs> so I took a photo of it went off with Bayek and stuff, and I'm like, I started going through a lot of the mission structure stuff, so it's like, you know how in Assassin's Creed games you gotta go through, you're gonna synchronize this, and like, yeah. do a lot of like, random, like farming for resources, well in this game you can farm for resources, I thought it was pretty hilarious that, uh, there was a couple moments that were pretty damn funny in my honest opinion, 
there was a time where I was just running inside of the, like, the forest and stuff like that with a bayek, and all of a sudden I encountered a group, like a pack of hyenas. And I didn't know how many hyenas that uh, I accidentally stumbled upon until they started chasing me. I looked back, I'm being chased like about five to six hyenas. I'm oh, like, fuck. oh shit, oh shit, I need to get the higher ground quick. And I go through and I started just taking them out one by one, taking off like taking off like their their materials and stuff. Then there was something before that where I didn't know at the time. But I was being tailed by a cheetah, like, no, by a leopard. <laughs> and the fucking leopard decided to try to go through and try to take me out. I'm like, holy crap, no. No, I'm not going to have you take me out. I, like, freaking use, like, one of my uh, heavy weapons and stuff. I took the damn leopard out. It's just, and what's kind of funny about it is, like, there's been one, there has been one situation to where, inside this new place where I'm exploring, I was just telling along, I saw randomly a group of, like, these uh, enemy bandits, these NPCs, which are way stronger than me, facing off against these pack of freaking, like, hippo and stuff inside their freaking building, their village. <laughs> just, like, just trying to take out one another and this and that, and just, like, going around and like, oh, okay, well, I better get to the checkpoint over here. And so it was just me, me going through using my, uh, I think it was my Falcon or whatsoever, Senu, to go above and just check out the different types of enemies like the different types of enemies and stuff like that and see how they, uh, if they're stronger than me, if they're like around the same level. Because I think it's like, they have to be at least a few levels like uh, above you in regards to just have that, but anything above that is considered like maybe like a, a red skull in that regards. I mean, they'll kill you and stuff. Oh yeah. I, I've tried. I've actually tried doing that and I almost died because the main like leader of one of the packs that I was going through inside of one of these, like, bandit hideouts. He only did, like, a sliver of damage. <laughs> like, a sliver of damage. Like, oh, yeah. well, time to, time to exit out and get all the old dusty trail. So yep. I just... <laughs> but what I'm really liking about it is I'm collecting a lot of various items. Like, a lot of strong particular items. It's interesting that they separated them into, like, different classes of items in general. Like, you have things that are, like, hunter or predator or kind of warrior items or this or that you know like strong you know fast strong heavy you know slow or whatever but uh the, the random perks and stuff that i've been unlocking too i mean some of them are standard assassin's creed affairs where you have to jump from a ledge in order to go through and do an attack or i think one of my favorite ones right now has to do with uh, the whole like uh oh god i think it's using senu or something like that and then like just stunning an enemy or something down below. <laughs> I actually was enjoying a little bit of the combat of it, too. You know, it's like... I understand there's some aspects of Assassin's Creed, some of the earlier games, especially Assassin's Creed 2 with its combat being kind of a little bit wonky, but this one, this one wasn't so bad. No, it's, it's a little bit, bit more... It's more like yeah. Witcher. Yeah, it kind of felt like that to me. A little bit more like a Witcher sort of approach to it, to where... If you wanted to, you could hold your shield up and, like, you could wait for the enemy to go through and attack you, and then you just press the R2 button to just go through, like, a stagger thing and all of a sudden just use a couple light attacks. I did that on one of the missions. It was the side mission to where the champion of this one, this one temple, this one village itself, he has to perform, like, uh, as, uh, dress up as one of the gods and stuff to face off against one of the evil deities and stuff like that for this big old elaborate play. But... He's supposed, to be, he's supposed to be this hero, right? But he loves his drinks, and he's passed out drunk for like a couple... 
It, it was kind of funny because you go to this bar, right? You finally locate him with Senu. You go to the certain spot, and then it's like you go through the carryum, and like the the latest, and it's like, oh my god, thank you. He's been here for the last few hours. I'm trying to make him leave, and mm -hmm. it's like he's passed out on the ground and stuff like that. And you just carry him all the way to there, and finally, once you get to like the main guy, the main NPC or something, you're supposed to give him to. It's like, oh god, what the hell happened to him? It's like, well, well, he's been drunk. It's like, well. You want to go through and take his place or something like that so you can do that? It's like, oh, okay. And so you just basically put on this, like, uh, suit. This, like, almost it's like this god's tribal suit in order to fight against this one dude. And it's, it's not too bad of a battle. You just go through, just block his attack, then just press R2 to do a heavy, do some lights, and then repeat after that. And then occasionally press the R1 and R2 button to do these, like, these crazy, like, flurry attacks and stuff like that. So, my overall experience so far with Assassin's Creed Origins, I think I've put about five or six hours into the game. It's still early on. I'm having a ton of fun exploring the overworld. I'm having a ton of fun gathering resources and upgrading my inventory stuff from, like, my gauntlet, for my shield. Not my shield, but, like, my gauntlets, for my quiver, for, like, everything else in that regards. But I'm liking a lot of the different abilities, and I'm so fascinated to try to unlock some of the other abilities, like, say, jumping... And then shooting bow, like shooting my arrows and stuff in midair and stuff. I really want to try to get that one. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of the experimental stuff. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing for this week. Nice. Uh, going back to Shadow Colossus, did you uh, fight the uh, hidden extra Colossus after you beat the main game? I honestly, I don't think so. I've only beaten the 16 that were available inside yeah. that main game. So there's a 17th one. It's actually the, the witch from Resident Evil 8. You have to climb her. God damn it, Tyler! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's buying this. Look at, I didn't think you'd buy it. I'm like, he's full of shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the look of disappointment on your face when I said it. <laughs> We've been doing this for almost eight years now. Almost eight fucking oh, years. Oh my god! The moment and you I said don't. The witcher I'm like, god damn it! I don't think. I, I literally made a joke about putting jizz in a fucking Cadbury egg, and he was more disappointed by that joke than by me sucking dick for Cadbury eggs. I just want to point that out. This is where we are in this podcast. But he's so used to me just sucking dick for random things, but making Resident Evil 8 jokes and shout out glasses. No, no go. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good way to end the show right there, guys. Uh <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening. If uh, you want to hear more from us, we're in all the places. All the, we're all the places where pods are cast. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, share. Uh, YouTube, Twitch, please do all those. Comments, uh, five stars, everything. We really appreciate it. Help us out. Uh, until next time, I'm Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. Until next time, everyone. Hope you have yourself a fun time. Definitely play yourself some fun games. And thank you for listening to another fun episode of the Drone Cash Nerds Podcast. Hey, Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.